be open to learning about the human body as a female because you are going to be shocked when you read this book. Like it's just going to open your eyes to a whole bunch of new things. Looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Pintucci and this is the Unfiltered Podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious girl talk in between, this is the space for important conversations that women should be having with their best friends. So pour yourself a glass of whatever makes you feel good, sit back, and join me as I navigate adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Ali. This week I'm getting a little bit more personal with you guys and I'm opening up about my full story of how I got diagnosed with PCOS and what my journey has been like for the last few years and it's been really, really frustrating. You've probably heard bits of it in other episodes. You've likely heard me open up a bit more about this on social media and um, the reason why I started going to the doctor and to get tested was because, you know, at first I was feeling kind of tired and then I started getting other symptoms like crazy weight gain that wouldn't actually come off my body and my skin exploded with painful cystic acne that scarred my face and honestly, it really hasn't started going away until this year. So some of the things that I learned about PCOS is that one in 10 women are diagnosed with it. So it's really, really common and the shitty thing about it is, is that there's not really a cure for it. You just kind of learn to manage your symptoms with it better. And it wasn't until I got hit with this stuff that I started to feel like it was my body's way of screaming at me to say, what do we need to put you through in order for you to really listen? And while I haven't nailed this journey and while I'm still struggling with a lot and while I still don't feel at home in my body, I have learned a lot of new amazing things about my body and the female body in general. So we're going to take probably the first half of this episode for me to blab a little bit more about my story. Um, And if you get a little bored or you've heard it before, feel free to kind of fast forward until the halfway mark. I'm so excited to have this week's guest, Jordan Bruce. Her smile will captivate you. Her in-depth knowledge and passion for plant-based nutrition will guide you. Her consideration and perspective of planetary health will enrich and inspire you. Jordan has a never-ending passion for helping others, and this quality shines through as she constantly learns and evolves. She's insightful, and she challenges the norm without fear of calling out issues with companies or products. Jordan is local here in Vancouver, and she was just about to have her baby when we were recording this back in January, and now she's a mom, and uh, she has some amazing products and amazing courses and coaching and so many awesome things that you can connect with her on, so I'm going to link her Instagram and her website in the show notes for you, but other than that, guys, enjoy this week's episode, and if you have any questions or want to touch base with me on your journey or just have conversation around this, you know where to find me. Without further ado, let's get episode 36 kicked off here on Unfiltered with Allie with Jordan Bruce. I'm 38 weeks today. Like, I'm like, yeah, could have a baby at any time. 
Okay, I want to talk about a lot of things today, but I would actually, I've been talking to a couple of mamas now on the show, and it's really made me realize I'm a 31-year-old who knows nothing about babies. Oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. And it freaks me out. The more I talk about it, I was like, oh, my God, the body is wild. It is. Like, you have a human. You know when you're a kid and you're just like, oh, she's pregnant. Like, oh, cute baby. And then when you're old enough to comprehend, you're like, holy fuck, there's a human inside of you. Like, yeah. you're growing a human in your stomach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw my um, my dad and his wife, Linda, yesterday. And the entire time, I just kept saying, like, this is so weird. And they were like, why do you keep saying that? I'm like, just because it is. Like, there's literally a human inside of me. And everything is new. Like, I don't. And, and you can't plan for anything. Like, you have no way. Like, you can have an idea of how it's going to go. But, like, you don't really know. And that could shift. So, yeah. I'm 37 next month. And I had no – I didn't know about any of this. <laughs> okay. So, how long is someone pregnant for? Like, let's okay. get to the basics yes. here. <laughs> so, this is so funny because everyone – I'm like, you're pregnant it. for three months? Or like... <laughs> yeah. Everyone says that it's nine months. But technically, it's 40 weeks. So, oh, you're about to have a baby. So it's 10. Yeah. But so 40 <laughs> weeks would be like 10 months because they backdate the um, time of conception from your last menstrual cycle. So sometimes that's different from when you actually like had sex. So 40 weeks is like 10 months. Depending, I guess, on the month and how many weeks there are. So you're only pregnant if you miss your first period. If it worked, if it was successful, or uh, is it from the time? So I'm doing it. <laughs> um, okay. If I'm thinking this, there's got to be other women. Yeah. Thinking yeah. This. So like, it's funny because we thought we're like, oh, we know when it was like because I had the flow tracker, right? So I knew when I was ovulating. So we like tried to, to have sex then, and then we were like, oh, it'll the baby will be born in like March, and then when we went in for the scans and everything. They're like, no, it's actually like February. Like they, it's almost like they go, they use a date that's prior to when you had sex because it's based on your menstrual cycle. It's very, it's very strange. Wow. Yeah. But lots of new things. And I, and being a hormone nutritionist and like gut health, I've obviously learned a lot in the last few years, but it's stuff that I feel like we should all be learning in high school like I didn't know right? anything about my menstrual cycle until I went to nutrition school like that's crazy yeah well I'm excited to have you on today for a bunch of reasons and in a, in a, I, I talk about it I want to say in like 70% of the podcasts I record and I always like say I bring up in the flow that book and then people are probably mm-hmm. like oh my god I probably heard you talk about this for 25 <laughs> episodes I'm like I don't care have you read it yet have you read it yet because it's so wild and yeah. The problem, and I'm always, when I speak about this stuff, I'm never the expert, you guys. I always talk about it from, this is what I've experienced and I'm navigating my journey, but why is it that I never understood hormones or knew anything about hormones or how the female body works until I was diagnosed with something hormonal that I can't really cure at all? It's like, Could we not have just spent our lives growing up knowing like, hey, if we do these things, it will support your female body. But why would we learn that? We literally literally learn. (laughs) And she says it in the book. It's so perfect. She's like, by the time you bleed, when you have your first period, you're like 10 or 12, however old she says. 
you basically learn as a woman that you bleed once a month and it's like the bane of your existence. Yes. Yeah, it's not something <laughs> to be celebrated like, at all. No, and you're like, yeah, that is accurate. You're like, it's your curse. It's like women are cursed yeah. with this period. And it's like, yep. You know, so every month you produce eggs and whatever your body doesn't use, it just gets rid of it and you bleed. And you're like, yeah. okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah. Hashtag and being a woman. It's, I don't know <laughs> if I read it in there, but someone said if men were the ones that had to go, you know, do this, and if men were the ones that were deciding if they should take the birth control pill or not. Oh, they'd be learning about it since they were eight. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's get that. Yes. Let's get that really clear. Yeah. And it's so true. And even I did um, the Dutch testing yeah. for one of my group hormone clients and she was confused and she thought, I'm not on the birth control pill. I don't have an IUD. So I'm obviously ovulating, right? And I was like, no, not necessarily. Like you need enough progesterone to ovulate. So here's this 40 year old woman who, you know, because of society and us not talking about it enough in uh-huh. school and you really have to seek out this information. Yeah. She, she didn't even know she wasn't ovulating. See, that's, that's crazy to me. So I have a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine in her mid thirties and she's kind of, she's kind of going through I, IVF right now. Mm. And what did I just say? Did I say that right? Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. My brain just like completely yeah. was like, what did I actually what actually just came In out vitro of? Vitro fertility. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was like, hold on. I thought I, I thought I said IBS and I was like, wait, did I just say that? <laughs> no, that's not right. <laughs> you can talk about poo if you want again. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, so I have a friend who's going through that. And we were sitting talking at turf the other day. And also it's I guess maybe when you're more aware of it you start hearing more about people talking about it naturally. And then there was like another girl on my Instagram who um, was just out of curiosity going to get like baseline fertility tests just to see like what her body was producing. And I'm hearing about more and more women speaking about this. And it just, it really sent me down a bit of a spiral. You know, kids aren't in my near future, just simply where I am in my life and what's currently going on for me. I don't see it some like I don't see it as something that's going to happen soon for me that could change tomorrow but from where I'm at now I just don't see it so it's kind of out of sight out of mind and I think that's the issue for a lot of women mm-hmm. it's out of sight out of mind until it's like holy shit I can't have a baby yes and then is, is it too late for some women at that point or you know it's stressful it's emotional it's a lot on your body it's a lot on your emotion uh, your mental health And it really gets me thinking, it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to have a baby tomorrow, but we know, I fully know, I've known for two years that I have hormonal issues and one of the things can be infertility. So is this something I should be proactive about now to kind of see where I'm at, you know? Am I just getting a hair on my chin or am am I making eggs? (laughs) Like like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you're totally right. And I think we live in a society that often waits until um, either we don't know yeah. and just because of how society is, we, we weren't informed, we weren't educated, or we don't seek out preventative health measures yeah, it's until always secure. we have symptoms. It's secure. Yeah. yeah. And even just with clients, like sometimes, you know, people want, we live in a society where everything's very quick. And we mm. want results fast. And yeah. sometimes that means 
you know, going the more medical route so that we can see change really quickly. And, you know, I know for you personally, you've, you've talked about the fact that you did try lots of like holistic things prior. And I think that's amazing. And I wish more people were open to coming and seeking help from an expert prior to realizing they had an imbalance. Well, but a lot don't. Yeah, because why why would why would that even cross your mind unless you were struggling mm-hmm. with it, right? Yeah. It's a very very small minority of my clients. Yeah. Very very small. The other thing is too, and this is no disrespect to doctors. I am not a doctor. I have so I could never be a doctor. I have so much respect for everyone who's gone through the medical system. Mm-hmm. But for someone who's gone through it on the patient side, I find it the most frustrating thing that there is such a clash between holistic and yes. Western medicine. Yeah. And I've been going through this for now two and a half years, almost three years. Actually, March will be three years from the time where I begged my doctor, my GP, to send me for a test. I didn't even know what I was asking her to send me for a test yeah. for. I said, something's wrong with me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just know. Mm-hmm. I feel something is wrong with me. And I'm pretty sure I walked in there and I said, can you address, uh, test me for adrenal fatigue? I'm exhausted. She said, we don't, that's not a thing. We yeah. don't test for adrenal fatigue. We can test your cortisol. And I was like, I don't care what you have to test me for. I'm tired. Just like test me for it. So I go and do a blood test thinking I'm going to do stuff for my energy. And I get my results back and they're like, hey, we're going to go, like everything looks okay, but we're going to go send you for an ultrasound. And I'm thinking, why would I go for an ultrasound? But okay, whatever. They send me to the center that does the ultrasounds and I'm walking in there like no big deal to sit down and the whole room is plastered with signs on cancer. Oh, that's terrifying. So I'm sitting in the waiting room and I'm like, oh my God. Speaking of cortisol. I'm, oh my God. And I have anxiety. So of course now I'm thinking like, this is it. I have cancer. I'm going to die. Like I'm, my brain is going a hundred miles yeah. and I, I knew something was wrong with me. What the fuck? The girl like sticks the thing inside of me. <laughs> she's like probing around. I'm like, tell me what you see. She's like, I can't, you know, I can't, your doctor will go through it with you. And she's like, they're looking and I'm like, oh my God, she sees stuff. What are all these things? Like, no, she won't tell me. Doctor comes back. Okay. So you have a bunch of polyps over all your ovaries. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck's a polyp? Yeah, like, is that, like um, random person's not going to know that. Yeah, like, is this okay? Like, yeah. you know, I'm just, she's like, no, they're just little gross. There's nothing to be worried about. Everything's fine. I'm like, so that's it. I feel tired. My cortisol levels yeah. are fine. Nothing's wrong with my thyroid. Everything, I'm so sick of me telling people everything's within range. Fuck off with the everything's yeah. within range in the blood test. Tell me why I feel yeah. like this. You're fine, but I'm going to be proactive and send you to the gynecologist. Okay. Interesting. Gynecologist, not endocrinologist. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we get to the endocrinologist eventually. (laughs) So we go to the gyno and now I'm like, okay, gyno's like, can I, I want to put you on birth control. I'm like, I'm not going on birth control. Refuse to touch it. Not putting it in my body ever again. Didn't have a good experience with it. Gyno goes through everything. She's like, everything's fine. So let's just like keep in touch. And now you can come here if you need to. Okay. So summer goes by, fall goes by. 
winter goes by. We're almost at a year now. And then out of nowhere, from my chin, or sorry, my cheekbone down to my neck, both sides of my face, explodes with cystic acne. Painful cystic acne. And then within the span of two months, I put on almost 20 pounds. And I'm like, can someone tell me what's going on? So I called the gyno. I'm like, I got to see the gyno. Yeah, you can't see us because it's more. It's been more than six months since you've seen us. Oh, so you have to go back to the GP to get a referral to go back to the gut and come back to us. And I'm like, okay. Just keep fucking waiting for someone to yeah. tell me what's going on with my body. But like, you, you'll give me birth control like it's fucking candy. Yeah. But you won't... You won't like okay, sure. They won't dig I can birth. literally, I can literally get birth control on the internet before I can see a specialist. Yeah, <laughs> getting so to I, a root cause. Yeah, so I go in and I'm bawling my eyes out. Met with like hate my body, hate this. Obviously, they can see my mental health history, everything that's going on. Two things happened in this appointment. Biggest takeaways: one, her reaction to my crying about my body was, "Well, if you're asking me, I think you look fine." Okay, well, I'm not fine, but yeah. not okay. Didn't ask you, but yeah, sure. Cheers. And two, we're going to um, – you have PCOS. Okay, so I didn't have PCOS a year ago? Well, we're not actually technically allowed to diagnose you until you have two or three of this uh, – two like that checklist, yeah. right? So we can't diagnose you until you have at least three of them. I'm like, oh, so you wait – until I put on this weight and my skin is fucked and I'm so distraught for you to now tell me that I have PCOS when I've obviously clearly had this for fucking years. Yeah. Yeah. And now you also tell me there's nothing I can do about it except lose weight and go on birth control. I'm like, I can't lose weight because I have PCOS. Like this whole thing of like, oh, try losing weight. You're like, bitch, I've been trying to lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's- I can't, I can't lose weight. So now I have PCOS and that's all I know. I have PCOS and they're going to like, they're going to refer you to the endocrinologist, which by the way, took me eight months to get into. Oh I saw her last January. We have this whole call. Oh God. So yeah, this is a year ago. Basically I've been doing this for eternity. We have this whole thing. I'm crying in her office because it's been how many months? The weight's still on me. My face is like it, like nothing's changed essentially. Literally nothing's changed. She's like, okay, I want, if you're, she's like, I'm not, basically she kind of sassed me a little bit to say, if you don't want to go on Accutane and you don't want to go on birth control, like what do you want? Because they don't know anything else. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. There's so many other things you can do, but they don't know them. Yeah. They don't know that. I also said, listen, I'm looking to, Find a way – so a prior a few months prior to that, I did a Dutch test, okay? So I do the Dutch test. I do the food sensitivity test. And after the the doctor, the naturopath, looking at all the results, she instantly says, you'd have this, 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 this. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, that's what I'm experiencing. Okay, so start – I'm going to put you on this program. So I tell the endocrinologist, she basically says, don't, doesn't matter. I don't need to see this test. It doesn't mean anything. It's not accurate. And if I were you, I would recommend stop taking the stuff that the naturopath told you to take because what it's going to do is stop your body from producing it and you're going to be dependent on it for the rest of your life. So picture me who's now terrified being like, what do I do? Because you guys can't fucking coexist. Exactly. So split. So split. Yeah. So she puts me on metformin. Yeah. 
and I'm not going on birth control and Accutane. She's like, let's follow up. Go on metformin. Nothing's really working. And then by the time summer rolled around this year, June, so now we're at like the two and a half year mark. And there were days I was waking up. My face was so swollen. I couldn't even bend my legs. Like I was just so inflamed. Yeah. And it would just, I would just wake up like that. And now I just feel super hopeless. And I call her back and I'm like, listen, I need to see you. Like this isn't happening. Like nothing's changing. So keep in mind in January, she sees me crying about my body, all of this stuff. And in June, biggest takeaway from this conversation, she's like, so you're not losing weight? I said, no, I think I'm putting on weight. Okay. And I was like, can I also talk to you about spironolactone for my acne? I'd finally caved. She's like, well, I don't personally think you need spironolactone because of your testosterone, blah, 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 blah. But if you want it, I'll give it to you anyways. Okay. Like, okay, so you don't think it's going to work, but just, okay, sure, give it to me. And she's like, and so you haven't lost any weight? No. Okay, well, then I would classify you as obese, so I'm going to refer you to this weight loss clinic. She referred me to an obesity clinic. And when I searched up that doctor, she basically talks about managing food and stapling stomachs for surgery. Oh my gosh. This This is is embarrassing. Like, this is our medical system. But also, like, as a female, it's... Well, that is going to induce anxiety. Like, Like, there's already a connection of having PCOS and being anxious in research. And this whole experience is anxiety-inducing and cortisol-inducing, which is just going to make your symptoms worse. It was just wild to me. I remember that was kind of like the switch for me where I said, it's been two and a half years. You're obviously not going to help me. So if I have to get information from an Instagram account to say, try going gluten-free and dairy-free to see if that works, I'm going to do it. Like, how is it possible that I got better information from Instagram accounts than an endocrinologist? And I emailed her back and I was like, I just like to offer some feedback to my experience. And this is what it left me feeling like. And this is where I felt like it was, I was let down and da, da, da. I didn't even get a response. No one has even checked in on me to see how my symptoms are. Oh yeah. No checking in, no checking in. No. And I think that's the hardest part for me is I'm, I'm now a client of midwives because I'm pregnant and I went that route and um, I have a doula. And it's interesting because I am so used to checking in on my clients. I'm Every week I email right. them when they're in my program. Hey, how are you doing? What's the update? If they haven't emailed me, I'm checking right. in. I'm providing support. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, oh, like no one's going to email me and like see how I am. Is, is anyone going to tell me what my iron result was? Like, So I 100%, you just feel like you're a number and you're not cared about if the person isn't following up and checking in with you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my story with my hormones, me still hanging out here, but also feeling much better just surrendering to be like, what inner work can I do? And like you you mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, we want this instant gratification. Yeah. You know, I'm still the girl that will Google how to lose 30 pounds in three days. I'll just, <laughs> you know, you want, no. <laughs> you want something so instant Be- yeah. and it adds, it just adds more stress to me. It's like, okay, what can I, what support can I do to create long lasting patterns Yes. where it will just, this is your, a new way of choosing to live my life versus like this punishment of like, 
Now I have to fucking reverse this. Yes. And that's why dieting doesn't work is because people are constantly yo-yo dieting and trying one thing and it's never sustainable. Nothing's ever long lasting. And if we slowly integrate new habits and can form a lifestyle, then it does last. But Mm -hmm. it's obviously hard to make those shifts and bring in new things. Yeah. It's hard. So that's what I want to talk about today. <laughs> I, okay, I have to say one thing though too. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned okay. the metformin, and uh-huh. I just wanted to say, uh, uh, good for you. Like, listen to your your <laughs> body and you know your your nutritionist and your NB and your GP. But I do think it's interesting that there is actually research out there that shows that inositol can support insulin resistance and blood sugars like metformin but here mm-hmm. we are in the western world still mm-hmm. recommending what metformin which has all these side effects when we know there's a more you know natural version out there that doesn't have all these side effects and, and it can actually help in many ways so it's just it's so interesting i know i was taking avacitol and she told me she's like i highly recommend you stop taking that yeah, and I, I was like, why? so can you explain? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, honestly, I'm not challenging you, but I'd like to know why. Yes. Like, can you explain the difference to me? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And there was no answer. And yeah. then I actually ordered a, a, a new touch, um, inositol. And then mm-hmm. say it. Say inositol. It. Inositol. Which is basically the same thing, but a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and then also with when you mentioned the blood results and like thyroid and how in like the western system we i think there's just not me we but there's just such a focus on you're in range you're out of range yeah and we have to move away from that because if someone is experiencing imbalances and symptoms and they don't feel well there's an issue who cares if you're in range if you're at the low end of the range like so you mentioned your thyroid was good a lot of people i see will have subclinical thyroid so they they're in range technically but they yeah. have all these thyroid symptoms and that needs supporting. We don't want to ignore that. It just drives me crazy. It's like, so I'm sitting here rapidly gaining weight with cystic acne and all these symptoms. Yeah. And you're still going to tell me that there's nothing wrong with me and that everything's in range. And unfortunately, that is Why? common. Like, I know it's common for it to take years to get a PCOS diagnosis and see several doctors. Like uh, that's and the average. The stat is one in ten women have PCOS. Yeah. One in ten. Yeah, it's and it's not. And there's no cure. There, yeah, it's true. Like, and they don't even really know the cause. Like you yeah. know, there are certain races that experience more of it. They're thinking genes, um, gut health. It, there's a, definitely a link with our microbiota, which is super interesting and, and fascinating. Um, and people who have like type 2 diabetes, which can often be linked to PCOS, have like less short chain fatty acids in their, in their body. So it's, it's, there's inflammation, like there's all these like thoughts of why it's I happening. I think that's but- me. Like I always feel like my hands are so swollen. So, so that like, makes me think of your lymphatic system when I hear swollen, like puffy. I always feel puffy. There are days yeah, I wake up and I'm like, excuse me, Allie, yeah. are you there? Like, is that you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that you? What is going on? <laughs> yeah. 
Like, why are my knees so big? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, so your body's essentially trying to tell you something and it's trying to communicate with you. And that is a symptom that we don't want you to experience. Yeah. It's unhappy. And it's and and also, I don't think that a lot of people know. Like, have you discussed on a previous podcast, like, what the three kind of to get diagnosed with PCOS, like, what those three things are? No, not really. This is the first episode we really dove into. So there are three like categories essentially, and you kind of need two of three is the logic. So you yeah. don't need all three. Um, so elevated androgens, which is the acne or like some of the facial hairs, or even like um, when there's like elevated testosterone, like male pattern baldness. So you can right. like lose hair on your head as well. Right. Um, so that's one. And then two is like irregular periods, menstrual cycle. Or like, you know, or low um, progesterone. Um, That's me. Yeah. So like. But only my Dutch test showed that. Everything else was I know. fine. That's why yeah. I love the Dutch. And that's a yeah. perfect example of how we can get blood work done in our Western system, but also get the Dutch. And it's like way more informative. Okay. And Let's talk about the Dutch test. We've brought it up a few times. Yeah. What is the Dutch test and how can women... Can men do it too? Yes, yeah. men can do it too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. Before we talk about okay. the Dutch, the third thing is. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> the third thing is the ultrasound, which you did have, and that okay. would be um, twelve follicles on an ovary. So it's two of those three things. So you don't necessarily have to have, um, like polycystic ovaries in order to get diagnosed with PCOS. You could just have like the androgens and the irregular periods. But the Dutch, yes. Yeah. So dried urine um, testing, and what is it? Okay, so it is a. It looks at the metabolites of like progesterone, and it looks at hormones, and it's doing it through urine. So a lot of um, people believe that urine is a way more accurate measure than like saliva for cortisol or blood or like serum um, testosterone, and so it will look at your androgens which can often be elevated when PCOS is present. So that is your DHEAS, which is elevated if someone were to have like the adrenal type of PCOS, the cortisol imbalance. Mm -hmm. um, it'll look at your testosterone levels as well, which is super interesting. And as women, we do need testosterone. We just don't want it elevated. Right. And then it also breaks down the three types of estrogen, which is something that I didn't even know about until I went to nutrition school. Like I had no idea that we had three types of estrogen in our body. Um, and one of those types um, metabolites is actually kind of known as the, the bad estrogen. And we don't want that elevated. If that's elevated, it could lead to hormonal cancers, um, oh my god! So, I feel like I need to send you my Dutch test right now. I'm like, oh my god! I do oh love god. looking at them. <laughs> yeah. like, it's so interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But there's it's so interesting because you can let's say that one is elevated. It's the pie chart where there's like green, red, and blue. And let's say this pie chart has the red is elevated. We can push certain pathways and make the the, the good estrogen more abundant to reduce the red. So there is things that you can do with food, lifestyle, supplements to shift these imbalances. And then it also looks at your cortisol and your uh, metabolites, so how much you're actually making in your body. And it's very interesting. Some of my clients are making way too much and we have to take it back. And then some are not making any. 
and they're just exhausted mm -hmm. and fried. So it varies so much client to client. I did the Dutch test last fall. Do we think I have to redo it so if nothing's changed? Uh, that's a great <laughs> I question. I didn't really feel results because it's been so long and I feel like, you know. Yeah, usually what I would do is put people on a protocol, say follow this for three months. If you have the budget, then retest. Yeah, because it's quite expensive. Months. It is very expensive. Yeah. Um, it's a U.S. lab. It's They're out of Portland. Um, it's pricey. I, it is definitely an investment. Um, so a lot of people, if they're feeling better after t doing the protocol, they, they don't retest. They're like, oh. so one of my clients, uh, we did some antifungal work together, some candida work for her skin. And her skin got a lot better, but she still had some acne. And she's like, mm, I think it's hormonal. So then we did the Dutch and then after following the protocol for three months, her acne is now gone. So yeah. for her, it was obvious. Okay. It worked. And, yeah. but then, you know, if nothing's changed, then it's kind of like, okay, well now what, what do I shift? Like, and it's hard yeah. to, it's hard to say what to shift if we don't know where you're at. Yeah. Nothing shifted for me. Cause I don't think I was on a good protocol. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I need to go on a protocol. Now I have a very serious question. Mm -hmm. I need a protocol that's going to allow me to include one cup of coffee a day. Okay. Or at least decaf. Yeah. No, that's because fine. you know I'm addicted to coffee. It's not even – here's the stupidest thing about coffee for me. <laughs> I don't even need it to function. Like it I'm not – Or the habit of it? Yes. Yeah. I'm not the person that's like, oh, my God, don't talk to me until I've had a coffee. But it, for me, it's a lifestyle. Yes. I'm just like, look how nice my coffee is. I love, and yeah, I, I, I think, just do you know? know what your cortisol? Do you feel comfortable sharing? Do you remember what your cortisol oh, levels? Were? We can talk about. Let me pull this up, and I can even screen. I can. I'll email it because sometimes if we do know that, like mindfulness, you know, getting into nature lowers our cortisol yeah. levels and we do know if we are kind of starting our day with that cup of coffee and we're not having a well-balanced breakfast with like enough protein and some fats and some good complex carbs that our blood sugars are going to be in balance so it's more of not are you including coffee or not it's looking at the whole picture and okay you're having that great breakfast you are getting into nature I know that I see you you know in the forest and at the at the beach um, and living a mindful lifestyle versus like this go, go, go high stress. Yes. State. Yeah. And the thing is it is amplified when I have a high stress job. I struggle with anxiety. The thing is at the end of the day, it has to come back to that reset of like, how bad do I want to change and what am I mm -hmm. going to do to make it change? And that's the easiest question and the hardest thing to do. I will always go back and I know other people will always go back to the comfort of that. Like yeah. change requires uncomfort, discomfort. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's true. It does. Okay. This is so interesting. I'm looking at okay. your blood. Okay. okay. So, so Jordan's looking at my dried pee. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so um, you are ovulating. You Ooh. like you have a good amount of progesterone which is amazing that's really okay. good um speaking of cortisol though so you are making a good amount um it's definitely present 
Um, what's interesting is your free cortisol is what is available to your stress system, to that HPA access is what we call it. So we kind of refer to that as the adrenal glands or adrenal fatigue. Right. But in Western medicine, they don't believe that adrenal fatigue exists. So the kind of proper term is HPA access uh, dysregulation. So essentially that stands for hypothalamic pituitary adrenal. And all it means is that the hypothalamus and the pituitary in the brain are talking to the adrenal glands. So it's like a feedback loop, brain to adrenal glands, brain to adrenal glands. So yours, your free cortisol is uh, below the 20th percentile. It's out of range. Someone, another, a second naturopath looked at that and she basically said to me, nowhere to rely. She's like, this looks like you flatlined. Like, how do you function as a human? And I was like, great question. I'm tired all the time. Yeah. So that would make sense. It would make sense that you would get like yeah. overwhelmed. Yes. Um, very it overwhelmed. Would make sense that you would feel anxious because if we don't have enough to deal with any kind of stressors that occur, like we're just, yeah, you're not going to feel great. So that totally right. makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's super interesting. And then, oh, your pie chart's really good, Allie. I don't want to bore people with too much about me, but yeah. okay. <laughs> I want the, the purpose of this conversation is I think a lot of women have questions about how they can better understand their body. And I think it would be good. We, and we already started talking about it, but let's talk prevention. Yes. Let's talk about how we can actually look at self to say, how am I feeling? How yeah. can I check in? And what are some things in a daily routine or a habit or a lifestyle that can really help support things. And I also would love to, before we go, also talk about gut health because this isn't spoken about enough and, you know, our body's an ecosystem and I neglect it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I loved that Alyssa spoke about in her book is that everything, like our day-to-day lives are centered around the circadian clock, which is very male focused. And if that's how their day operates, fine. But not only do we have that, we have, you know, a cycle with four phases. Exactly. Yeah. And I would love to start there to talk about what are the four phases of the female cycle and some easy lifestyle tips that can help support us throughout each of those phases through like food, movement, stress, you know, yeah. All that good so, stuff. So um, the four phases are, I abbreviate it as FOM. So it's follicular, <laughs> I'm such a nerd, um, ovulation, luteal, and menstrual. And um, it's, she's so right. I Actually, have you read Woman Code as well? No, but I steal the food chart from Woman Code that I basically half-ass implement, but I'm aware. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I love Woman Code as well. Okay. And um, so we, what she's saying is essentially we differ so much, like our energy levels, how many calories we need shifts based on each cycle. And that's why it's so important to not eat like the same thing every day or count calories or macros. It's really important for women to tune in to their intuition, to their body, to those hunger singles and eat based on what you what you need because it varies so much. Our energy level, everything, our workouts. Um, where to begin? 
Um, I would love to talk to girls about the chart. So yeah. I haven't personally read Woman Code, but you can and you can simply Google this. If yeah. you like Google food chart woman code, it basically oh. says these are the foods that support you throughout each of these phases. And then she also talks about yeah. how you can like how a female can plan her month yeah. to support that. So like different types of workouts, your creative pitching, when you're motivated, when you yes. need to tuck in. Well, and like each part of the cycle is it's kind of like you can almost link it back to seasons like yeah. winter is like your menstrual cycle like fall yeah. spring summer and you know it's really important to include cruciferous veggies um they are high in indole carbonyl which is really good for estrogen and metabolism it's really good for the liver um sauerkraut shows up in two out of four of the um i won't uh, eat it Oh, you don't like any, do you like any other fermented uh -huh. foods? No. No way. Can I like put some, some cucumbers in vinegar? Um, okay. So this is like a total, this is like a, a mix. We, so when you go to the grocery store, mm -hmm. oftentimes they put, like if you buy pickles from the shelf at the grocery store, mm -hmm. then it's and it's on the shelf, it's not fermented. It's just they just add vinegar and it just tastes sour. So anything right. that's fermented needs to be kept in the fridge. Interesting. So like tempeh. Have you ever had tempeh? Yeah. I didn't I like, know that's fermented. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like tempeh brand a lot. That one I think is the best okay. because it's not bitter at all. Kombucha? A lot of the other kombucha counts. Um, I love kombucha. I feel good consuming kombucha. Listen to yeah. your body. Some people, it's too, um, it causes bloating because of the bubbles. Um, sometimes it can be higher in sugar, so you don't want to down a lot daily. Um, but yeah, I kombucha like is some tricky shit. It's like one of those things yeah. that was rebranded as a health thing, and some of them are worse than juice. I would literally rather have a freaking yeah. pop. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. It, and have you ever heard of Hoochie Bush, the Vancouver one? Yes, I yeah. like them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And they're known for being lower in sugar and tying into gut health. All those fermented foods that are going to be good in your cycle also help um, support our gut and our microbiome, which is connected to mood. Like anxiety, okay. depression is very closely connected to the health of our gut and our intestinal tract. If we don't have, we make most of our neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, in our gut not our brain okay before okay we need to backtrack because i feel like we're about to dive into things that make a happy gut but yes i also feel like it's another one of those things that is not addressed until something's going wrong in your yes. body mm -hmm. and there are so many things that can contribute to an unhappy gut from something as simple as like being on antibiotics yes or yeah. I would love to talk about like what can throw your gut off and how how someone would what someone would maybe experience if their gut wasn't very happy. Okay, great questions. Um, and before I dive into that, I will say there's also a huge hormone and gut connection as well. So whenever I'm supporting hormone clients, I also look at their gut. We have to make sure there's no candida, no parasites. So those are two things if your intestinal health is off. Um, so with parasites, you could have or candida bloating, um, sometimes acne, 
You could have loose bowel movements. That's not normal. That is a sign of an imbalance. Constipation. A lot of people don't realize they're constipated. They say, oh, I have a bowel movement every day. I'm, I'm not constipated. Or every other day, I'm not constipated. So the goal is at least minimum one to two a day. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't even have one a day. And also, you could be having a bowel movement, but you're like straining and you know it's not coming out full formed and that's a sign of constipation as well. Um, other imbalances with gut health could be um, like IBS. Yeah, so IBS is just like a Western doctor's words of saying there's something up with your bowels and we're not going to get to the root cause. Okay. So it doesn't even describe anything. It just says irritable bowel syndrome. And you're like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like I have loose bowels. Why? So a lot of people will come to me with IBS and then throughout the intake, I'll determine, okay, you have probably parasites and this is why your bowels are loose. Itchy skin. Body is freaking wild. Yeah. I got tested for candida um, around the time of the hormone test because I was on... I got my wisdom teeth taken out. Everyone's like, oh, it's a breeze, okay? First of all, they're like, you're going to be in and out in an hour. I was under for four hours. My tooth wouldn't come out. They almost basically said, you have to go to an oral surgeon. Oh, my gosh. I had – I thought I had dry socket. They said I didn't have dry socket. I did have dry socket. It was the most painful week of my life. And then it got infected, and I was basically on a few rounds of antibiotics for up to, like, six weeks. Oh, Wow. My breast reduction was an yeah. easier recovery. Wow. Than my wisdom teeth. <laughs> okay. That's very surprising. But um, I remember just feeling like, and that was the summer before um, things started to get really bad. And someone actually mentioned to me, like, have you been on antibiotics? Yeah. And that was when I was just like, oh my God. Huge but connection yeah, I, between candida. I got, yeah. And I got tested for candida, but she said I was okay. Okay. That's good. So yeah. candida symptoms, um, there you could get like you know vaginal like yeast infections, but you don't have to. Yeah. Um, extreme fatigue, like super tired. Yeah. Um, a lot of like skin flushes or like rashes or like redness can be yeah. candida linked. Um, gosh, loss of sex drive, food cravings like sugars. Honestly, I think I just hard. can't control my eating, so I can't really push that back onto any condition. I'm an emotional eater, so I'm just yeah. Like, <laughs> you're aware of it. Yeah, There's a, a lot I would love are. to blame it on something else, but it's really yeah. just my my lack of control. <laughs> yeah, it's so common, and it's. I think it's just important to be aware of it and not feel guilty because yeah. you're going to feel worse off if you eat it and then feel guilty versus just eating it and embracing it and being like, I'm going to eat this and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tons of different imbalances can show up and it can be linked back to gut health, like brain fog, um, mm-hmm. mood swings, mm-hmm. um, memory loss, um, even dry lips and like drooling. I ask clients if they drool while they sleep or if they like go to itch their bum. Yeah. Like there's just – there's so many things that we can tie back to gut health and it, and our gut is so connected to inflammation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. It, it, it really is. 
And I'm hoping everything we're saying is cohesive. We are just going for it. And I'm like, did we, are we just jumping back and forth? Are we answering questions? I don't even know anymore. I'm just fascinated. You asked me, you asked me about um, signs of an imbalanced gut. So right. I think okay. we answer those. Um, what causes imbalanced gut? So um, definitely diet. Um, we should really focus on getting a lot of plant-based foods in our diet and lots of fiber. Fiber will help get toxins out of the body. It helps bulk up your stool, helps balance blood sugars. If we're eating a diet that's too high in animal products, we're not going to be getting our goals. We're going to have more inflammation in the body. I have a couple of girlfriends who have done the bean protocol and yeah. have sweared by it. Yeah. I've never done it, but You've I do lost know it. Me at zero coffee for months. I was like, mm. yeah. And it's so interesting too, because a lot of people are skeptical of the bean protocol because a lot of times beans causes discomfort for people and they get bloated when they have beans or they get gassy when they have beans. So they're like, you want me to go on beans to help my IBS? Like what? Right. It's like counterintuitive. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But a lot of that is increasing. Like you start, if you're not eating beans now, then just start incorporating them and include small amounts and gradually work your way up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I started just making, yeah, I started just putting chickpeas in the fridge and some of them are added to my salad and then some of them I'll just go have a few tablespoons of them throughout the day yeah. when I'm feeling like, ooh, I want a snack. Just a little bit of lemon and sea salt on there and I'm like, these are yeah. pretty good. And roasted delicious. I'm obsessed mm. with, uh, this is probably like my pregnancy craving. I'm obsessed with uh, chickpea cookie dough. Like See, I can't like, get into that okay, because too much I, <laughs> no, no, not that I, I'm the type of person to be like, okay, so you're saying I can make some sort of healthy cookie with it. Like I can't go down that path. You're like, girl, okay. just eat the chickpeas. Cause <laughs> next thing you know, I'll be eating 40 cookies to be like, oh yeah, but they're beans. <laughs> oh God. I can't. Um, you did make me some cookies a couple months ago oh, and yeah. I was obsessed. The breakfast cookies. So good. Yeah. So oh, simple. Gosh. Um, but another thing that's really common that we often don't think about with respect to gut health and hormones is endocrine disruptors and just like the toxins that are in our daily life, like the quality of the water we're drinking, you know, um, BPA from plastic. Yeah. Um, I know. Is it bad that I've used this bottle 80 times? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) But me, the other side of it's like, well, I'm saving the planet because I feel bad that I bought a plastic bottle. Yeah. Get rid of it. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> and then, and it's not. I'll recycle it. No. Okay, good, good. It's not going 100%. Like an 80 20 balance is something that's sustainable and achievable. You know, maybe we have some makeup that's not the best for us, but it's just being aware and choosing the majority of it that is going to be good for our gut. And our I think that's such an important conversation because one of the things I start doing when I go down the rabbit hole is I feel like it's so easy to put blame. Like I'm drinking out of this bottle. I'm eating meat. There's something in my fucking shampoo that's causing this. This happened. Like this is pulling this. This is because of yeah. that. I'm just like my whole life is a lie and I'm really overwhelmed. So what are some easy things for people to look at? That would be easy yeah. swaps for yeah. them. So my I water bottle. Say, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I use glass or stainless steel for my water bottle. And I would say don't try and overhaul everything at once. Yeah. Just yeah. as your cleaning products, as your beauty products run out, try and buy a more sustainable 
like kinder one to your body because we absorb everything that we put on our skin, everything that we smell. So just next time you go out, next time you run out, just try for, you know, a, a better choice. But don't, if you try and do everything at once, you're going to do nothing because it's overwhelming. Well, that's, it, that's honestly the reason why I didn't start the bean protocol. And at the end of the day, it really does go down to how bad do I want it? Do I want to try and figure out something that's going to work for me or am I going to be complacent? But it was like, yeah, you can't do this, 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 this. You can't have candles. You can't put perfume. There's yep. no essential oils. You can't that's put this strict. on your skin. You can't yeah. have that. And I was like, okay, so everything I'm doing is fucking me up. So I would literally just advocate eating more plants and not even focusing on excluding or limiting the meat, even though, or the dairy, even though that you may be doing that inherently, just focus on buying more plants at the grocery store, including them more in your diet. And then maybe the portion of animal products is smaller because you're including more plants. I've been doing that. And it was, I actually went full vegan in the summer and I felt really good for the first few days. By week two, I was not doing okay. It was the the second naturopath I saw. She said that she didn't recommend me being fully plant based mm-hmm. for my after looking at my Dutch test. She said it wouldn't be good for my energy to do it like overhaul so fast. But it's hard because like this, like everyone I speak to has different opinions. Yes. But having said that. I did know and did acknowledge that I didn't need to be eating as much animal product as I was. And like, I grew up and I think a lot of people grew up being like, you need protein with every meal. Yeah. And it was like, I was eating like this at breakfast and this at lunch and measuring my protein and extra like whey protein and all this stuff. And I was consuming so much protein. And now I've like, I've changed my meals where I get my meals delivered um on Mondays and now I'm a little panicked because you're like you shouldn't eat the same thing every day I'm like oh my god I get the same meals delivered I have the same thing every single yeah variety is good for (laughs) and I'm like well god like I actually (laughs) I can't win but my Uh, my lunch is fully plant-based amazing and my dinner is um kale and brown rice with some turkey that's good yeah and then everything else you're getting fiber there's no, I don't have any meat. And I have been staying away from dairy because of the the skin. There the, gluten, the gluten, however, mama likes her gluten. So let's talk about <laughs> bread briefly. Okay. So okay. there is a huge range of quality of bread. And a lot of times we'll go, like, for example, Cobbs or even like the local grocery store. Yeah, the so, good kind. Well, no. So that's Cobbs <laughs> makes you think it's good, but it's not that great. So what they're doing is, yeah, good tasting. What yeah, that's what doing, I meant. I'm like, yeah. I want a baguette, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it took me a second to get to where you were. I was like, oh, wait, I'm with her now. Yeah. I have pregnancy brain. Um, and so essentially they're using more processed flours. There's going to be less fiber, more white flour. Mm-hmm. And there is usually added quick yeast. Again, mm-hmm. Western society, let's make bread as quick as we freaking can. So they add in yeast to make it rise really quickly. Whereas if we're eating an organic flour, if we're eating a sourdough, and a sourdough doesn't have to be your traditional like sour bread. A sourdough, technically all that means is it's naturally leavened. So they're not adding any quick yeast. And overnight, the bread rises slowly with the bacteria in the air. 
and it has a way lower gluten content. Yeah. Because the bacteria eats up the gluten. So mm-hmm. it's just, again, it's about, it's not like, do you eat gluten or do you not? It's, it's just about choosing quality. Yeah. Yeah. And not having it like tons every day, yeah. unless you have major digestive gut yes. issues. That's different. Yeah. Or your celiac or something. Yes. Yeah. I, it's funny because I follow a few dietitians and hormone specialists and it's funny how much some of them clash. Like some are like, yeah. you must go like, if do you follow PCOS weight loss? No. That dietitian. Yeah, that's her Instagram name. But her whole thing is that go gluten-free, go dairy-free, go on Avacitol. Those are the, really the only things she yeah. pushes. Like, try doing that for a month and see how you feel. And um, I started doing that, and I was like, oh, my God, something's actually, like, holy shit, this is actually working. Something's finally working for me. And then I started following a few other people, and they were like, that's not actually proven you don't need to be gluten free. You just need to worry about the quality of your gluten and like, are you? Can you have whole grains? Mm-hmm. Can you have them from a really clean, good source versus like the chemicals that you might get for some gluten free products? And I'm like, oh my god, I can't. Wait. I can't. Wait. And and that's where it, it, yeah, the other day actually, this is the first for me. I bought some um, cookies um, from Kokomo um, that the Gardens Rathcona makes. And yeah. we just came out with gluten-free ones. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get the gluten-free ones. Because I know for my gut, I know that um, gluten-containing products contain something called zonulin. Zonulin does lead to or can lead to a leaky gut picture. Leaky gut is uh, intestinal permeability. So there's like tiny little holes in your intestinal tract and food can kind of like slip through into the bloodstream. We don't want that. It cause inflammation. But then I looked at the back and I saw that the gluten-free ingredients were not organic. We know glyphosate, pesticides, that also can cause leaky gut, can cause anxiety, can cause skin issues because we're bogging up the liver. And so they weren't organic, gluten-free ingredients, and they were all kind of like processed. And then yeah, I looked at the- Yeah, was the word I was going for. Yeah. yeah. And they looked at the wheat ones and it was organic flour- and I was like, you know what? For the first time, I think I'm going to choose the wheat ones because it's more whole, less processed, yeah. and it's organic flour. So I, yeah. And you're not celiac. And I'm not celiac. Yeah, I just get gluten yeah. sensitive. Like when I'm before yeah. pregnancy, I noticed I would feel tired if I consumed too much gluten um, and it would help. I would get bloated or constipated. Yeah. And now that I'm pregnant, I'm consuming a bit more um, wheat. But it's really about tuning into your own body. And if you did feel good going off of it, then you know, great, you limit it or you exclude it. But listening to an Instagram page and saying you have to do this isn't, that's not going to work for everyone. No. It has no. to be personalized. It's personalized for sure. Okay. So before we wrap up, I would love to touch on supplements a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously you can't say everyone needs to be on a certain supplement because you don't know everyone's situation. Um, but as you know, and maybe you guys follow me on Instagram, maybe you don't, I'm obsessed with mushrooms. Yeah. I love them too. I'm obsessed with mushrooms. Medicinal mushrooms is what you're Medicinal referring to, Medicinal right? mushrooms. Yeah. Yes. Not I actually culinary. hate, I actually hate culinary mushrooms. I can't stand them. They're the most offensive things on the earth. Just like <laughs> people are like, but it doesn't have a taste. I'm like, I know. So you want to eat this weird texture in your mouth that doesn't taste like anything. Well, it's funny because it. It, a lot of people mm. think no. the texture is similar to meat. 
because it's like no, chewy. It's disgusting. No, no. Okay. no. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't. You're like, can I put mushroom? I'd rather. Oh no, I can't even think of that. Anyways, <laughs> so I would love to touch on supplements because I think more and more people are open to taking or adding things in their day, or at least curious to be like, what should I be adding into my day? And what are, are there, are there general things that you think are super great for people that help enhance their day to day? Yes. Wonderful question. So the first thing I will say is in North America, or at least Canada, I feel like everyone should be taking a D3. And you can take a plant-based D3 or an animal-based D3. There's both options out there. Um, pause. So, Or the D2 from the mushrooms. Yes, but I <laughs> they wrote an article, Real Mushrooms. So Real Mushrooms is a client of mine, and um, they produce medicinal mushrooms. Until they put out that article where they said, do you know where vitamin D comes from? With like the sheep yeah lanolin yeah exactly like i know ew i don't want to support it so i just do the vegan alternatives which is from lichen usually but mushrooms is another new source that's very new what real mushrooms is doing yeah yeah i know um so that's true it's from lanolin which is yeah from sheep and so d3 so tech usually Again, consult your practitioner, but usually you'd want 1,000 IUs in the summer months and 2,000 IUs in the fall and winter in Canada. And that's quite safe. That's quite low. A lot of people are going higher right now. because I'm on 4,000 because I get real depressed. Yeah. And (laughs) with COVID, we do know there is proven research that being low in vitamin D may mean that you are higher risk of getting COVID. So being on a higher dose of vitamin D right now, like 4,000, may be smart, but, you know, make that decision with your practitioner. Um, What else? If someone is plant-based, then I will often recommend just kind of keeping some algae oil in the fridge. It's high in DHA and EPA. Or if someone isn't eating fish often, that's a good source of omega-3s. Uh, I just keep a bottle in the fridge. I take a few swigs a week. If you're pregnant or trying to get pregnant, you definitely want to take that daily. Um, So again, you can choose if you want fish oil or allergy oil. For my clients that consume fish, I always recommend the allergy oil because the only reason fish have omega-3s is because they go and eat algae in the ocean. Oh, cute. So we're just getting it from the algae (laughs) instead of the fish that ate the algae. Like we're just going directly to the source. And <laughs> algae is grown offshore without contaminants from our ocean. And there's a lot of plastic in fish. There's a lot of heavy metals right. in fish. So in my opinion, it just makes sense to do the algae. Um, and then another one to think about is B12. So a lot of, there's a kind of a misconception out there um, that B12 is from animals. And if you're plant-based, you need B12. Yes, you do. The only reason someone is has B12 if they're eating, if they're an omnivore and they're eating animals, is because the animals get injected with B12. That's the only reason. So B12 is actually um, like a bacteria and it's in the soil. And years ago, animals would be frolicking in the soil, in the grass, <laughs> and then they would get sources of B12. 
people now, they are all in concentrated animal feeding operations, so they inject them with B12. So you can just get a blood test and see how your B12 is um, and go from there. But if you are low in B12, it will really impact your energy levels. Yeah, I think I'm on B6, B12. Yeah. D, iron. Yeah, so B6 is great for yeah. uh, progesterone, increasing progesterone. Yeah. It's really great for hormones, great for the adrenal glands. Um, I do personally love a B complex. I'm yeah. like, let's just take all the Bs. It's really yeah. nourishing for the adrenal glands. Yeah. Good for energy, good for blood glucose, metabolism. Yeah. I love Bs. And then iron would, again, take a, get a blood test, see where you yeah. are. And yeah. Also, there's so many brands out there that are going to cause constipation or that your GP may recommend that are just not good. So really finding one that works for your body that increases your levels while yeah. ensuring that it doesn't give you tummy trouble. Like and I really like Thorn brands. Thorn? thorn? Is, yeah, I love the yeah. Thorn B-Complex. I've never yeah. tried their iron. Um, I just got it. Because when I started okay. Accutane, P.S. Yes, guys, I caved to Accutane after two and a half years of trying everything else. Still won't touch the birth control, but um, I was feeling pretty tired. She was like, yeah, yeah your iron was decently low because I have to do monthly blood okay, blood test on it. Yeah. Of the Accutane. And iron yeah. too, sometimes, like there is research that shows that people who are plant-based are not lower, at a higher risk of being low in iron. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that, you know, because you're plant-based, you need iron. A lot of it has to do with our gut health and our ability to absorb iron. And also if you have parasites, not that you do, but if parasites are present because someone is chronically low in iron and they're taking tons of it and it's not coming up, I always ensure, okay, let's check in. Do you have any parasite symptoms? Because parasites take nutrients. They, right. they, they, they steal them. That's how they live. Dude, I feel like we can be on this podcast for five I know. Hours. I know the supplement. Like, no, so we're not getting into it. We're not. We're not Personally, going down the parasite. I don't recommend <laughs> a multivitamin unless you're taking a prenatal to get pregnant. Right. Or like, I I personally feel like it should be an individualized supplement protocol on what you need versus getting a very low dose of everything yeah. that's not really going to do anything. It's not therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah, I bought, I subscribed to one of those vitamin pack services. There's a Canadian okay. company called Vitamin Packs. I can link it in the show notes, but it was super cool. It was, I think I'm paying like around 60 bucks a month and they just break up. I do like a test. I also answer all these questions like, what, did the doctor recommend you to take something or you can okay. make, you can take like a general quiz and then um, you like select your level of vitamins and then they just get shipped to you in this little box and it comes out morning, night, morning, night. Oh, nice. And all your vitamins are in there. I love it. Is magnesium in there? I'm taking a magnesium. I love magnesium. Separately. Um, and I'm also, the, say it again, inositol, inositol. Oh, um, inositol. Oh, oh my God, inositol. <laughs> um, there's that. And then I'm doing um, a lot of medicinal mushrooms. I take reishi. Yes. I take vitamin D. I take, I'm fucking obsessed with chaga. I'm obsessed. It's so my favorite one. Really quickly, when you yeah. we can talk about medicinal mushrooms. So medicinal mushrooms, essentially, I love them so much, and I use adaptogens a lot in my practice mm-hmm. and in my personal life when I'm not pregnant um, because they help the body adapt to stress. Essentially, that's what they're doing. And so each different medicinal mushroom brings about different benefits. So chaga is yeah. so great for immunity, so great for cancer prevention. Chaga was the first mushroom I think I was um, introduced to, and – 
I think I like it because, well, A, technically it's not a mushroom, but I think I like, I enjoy the taste of it. The taste in my coffee, it's like sweeter-ish. It's nice and smooth. It's not something that I find offensive where I will say put reishi in my coffee and I'm like, oh my God. Oh, interesting. I find it to be the most disgusting thing. Because huh. there's also reishi in the five defenders, like they're bold. You can you can taste it. So for those, I prefer to take the capsule where I can just, like, yeah. People that can do a reishi tea, I'm like much respect to you guys. I like adding Kendra. it to my matcha, but it's interesting because the four sigmatic chaga blend I can't do. I'm like, ugh, I don't like the taste of it. But I like their lion's mane. But the real mushrooms chaga I like a lot. Yeah, tastes yeah. so good. Yeah. Lion's mane is probably my favorite. I find that if when I have lion's mane, I feel like I can concentrate more. I'm more focused. It's perfect for if you have to write like a blog post or a yeah, that's planning. You're you're kind of feeling a little bit yeah. So I I love lion's mane, but medicinal mushrooms are so great, and they definitely taste different than regular mushrooms. So just if you don't like regular mushrooms, give them a try still. <laughs> yeah, and they're easy. Ch- like chuck them in your smoothie or take a yeah take a capsule of them um okay lastly i promise last thing probiotics yes we didn't touch on probiotics yes okay so probiotics uh it depends again on the person uh i personally feel there is enough research showing benefits for probiotics um one nd i know of thinks that there isn't and and clinically i see people taking probiotics and they feel way better um their bowel movements are better they're less bloated so I personally see a benefit if you are experiencing symptoms or if you really want to work on gut health and you're not consuming enough fermented foods. I will say fermented foods are not probiotics. They okay. may contain strains of probiotics, but technically, you know, it's not third-party verified. We don't know how, what strains are in there and during shipment if it stayed cold. So there is a difference between a probiotic and fermented foods. Uh, brand really matters. Do you, do you use seed? I love seed. I love the Genestra yeah. HMF as well. Uh, if someone can tolerate a prebiotic. So prebiotics are the food for the bacteria. And then the probiotic is the bacteria. Basically, we're going to be spending $400 a month on supplements, so everyone get to work. <laughs> well, still, I keep a probiotic in the fridge, and if I'm feeling like a little off, I take it. So, so it's not daily for you? For me, it's not daily. I don't okay. have any major digestive imbalances. My immunity is not super low, so I'm not doing it daily. But it, for some of my clients, you know, if they're on like an antifungal protocol with like candida, or parasites, or we're working on their digestion and bloating, then they are taking it daily. Yeah. So um, it's there. I think they're great, but we just have to remember that it's transient. It's going through the intestinal yeah. tract. It's not yeah. staying in there. Yeah. Okay. Let's recap this for the honeys. So you guys listening, women, things we can start doing to be more mindful of where our bodies are at and more of a preventative. So maybe if you're listening, you don't experience anything. I love that for you. (laughs) Maybe you've learned some things that you can start putting into your day or into your lifestyle that helps, you know, create a more balanced and preventative lifestyle. And then there might be some people listening that are similar to me 
they're experiencing some challenges. Maybe you've learned something from today, but let's kind of recap. Yeah. What women can kind of do. Okay. To make some good changes. Number one, I would say is try and eat breakfast. Uh, Intermittent fasting is the research is not there for women. It increases cortisol. So I would say Great. Eat I breakfast. don't eat breakfast every day. This is perfect. We're off yeah. to a great start. So okay. eat breakfast and include protein <laughs> in your breakfast. <laughs> Including protein in your breakfast is going to help your energy levels and your blood sugar levels for the entire day. So one, eat breakfast and include some protein in it. Two, I would say include, make sure you're getting enough plants in your day. Include the fiber. And three, I would say go for variety. Variety is going to help your gut health a lot. So one day at the grocery store, maybe you buy kale. Maybe the next week you buy chard. Maybe the next week you get Brussels sprouts. So trying to switch it up and include a lot of different plants and and kind of get out of that routine of always buying the same things at the grocery store. Um, Four would be try switching to more natural products and moving away from endocrine disruptors. So that's like your plastic water bottles. Don't microwave food in plastic. Always do it in glass if you're going to microwave your beauty products, your cleaning products. Five, support your nervous system. Get into the forest. Get into nature. Focus on mindfulness. Sleep. Like rest, recharge, rejuvenate. We're so – like my post today on Instagram is literally about how our society today is just go, go, go. And it's – causing all these health imbalances because we're all stressed and we're all fried. Mm-hmm. So back yeah, I to feel basics. personally victimized by that statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So how can girls connect with you? How can anyone connect with you? Are you taking clients? What do you have to offer us? Yeah. Put, put your plug in. Give us the goods. Okay. So <laughs> two weeks away from having a baby. So okay. clients are on hold, not taking We'll be any- offering breast milk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so I am currently offering, I created a digital hormone course. I wanted to support clients while taking some time um, for me and the, the babe. So this is an amazing course. It's $300 and worth over 1000 easy. We dive into thyroid, liver, blood sugars, PCOS, progesterone, estrogen, everything. I give takeaway tips and you it's a video course so you go at your own pace. Mm-hmm. And this is good for women, even baseline, not experiencing any problems. 100%. I would love yeah. it if women yeah. were not experiencing Preventative. Them, 100%. Because yeah. they might hear, oh, you know, liver, mm, itchy skin. Oh, maybe I should support that. And sometimes we don't think like, oh, I have a bit yeah. of an itch. And you don't think yeah. anything of it. So the hormone course is available on my website, uh, brucesroots.com. And connect with me on Instagram. It's my name. Jordan Bruce. I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. So it's Jordan Bruce RHN. Amazing. And I'll link everything. So you guys can hit the show notes. Show notes. <laughs> that'll go to your website. That'll go to her Instagram. And yeah, I'm this episode was a bit longer than normally, but I think this stuff is so important. And again, like I think a great easy read, like that in the flow book was 
I downloaded the audiobook. So easy to listen to, and I think it's so eye-opening for women. And if there's one takeaway from this entire conversation that I hope someone t- like gets, is be open to learning about the human body as a female, yeah. because you are going to be shocked when you read this book. Yeah. Like it's just going to open your eyes to a whole bunch of new things. It's essentially putting in the time into understanding and learning and educating. And also be willing, if you have the resources available, to put some money aside for your health versus buying, like, another new purse. Like, seeing yeah. the value Okay, also health. attacked. Okay, that was too many. Sorry, Yali. No, you're my <laughs> shoes. I would have said shoes if I was targeting you. <laughs> okay, Yali, get off Poshmark, buy my course. <laughs> okay, thanks so much, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Allie. Just a friendly reminder that I have new episodes that drop every single week, including some bonus content called Honey Check, co-hosted with my best friend, Jenna Garrow, where we catch up for some classic girl talk. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the show. And of course, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I love hearing what you guys think of the episodes, but it helps support the show so much. Lastly, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at at unfiltered with Allie. You'll be able to access a ton of extra content from each of the episodes, slide into my DMs, and you can find the link for my free online Facebook community. This is designed for inspiring badass women all around the world. Can't wait to chat with you next week. Bye.